Hello and welcome to LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today I'm here with Jane Bell, ANAC Curriculum Development Specialist, to discuss the coding of isolation in Section O on the MDS and the use of cohorting during the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome, Jane. Thanks, Rebecca. And before we start, I just want to say thank you to our listeners. We're so very proud of you and your total commitment to the residents. Unique challenges have been provided to all of you, and we want to shout out a huge debt of gratitude to you who are demonstrating on a daily basis the courage, the strength, and dedication to safely and carefully care for the residents. You are so vital, so appreciated, and you are heroes. I very much agree, Jane. Now, let's get started with today's topic. It seems from reading the ANAC Connect community, our member-exclusive online message board, that there is still some confusion about coding item O0100M, isolation, for active infectious disease, on the MDS. Can you cover the basics of coding that item on the MDS, Jane? Yes, Rebecca, and I've noticed that confusion as well. The number of updates, memos, and clarifications released by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, during this healthcare emergency have been helpful. But just due to the sheer volume of them, they have been a bit confusing. So let's first discuss the coding of isolation on the MDS. Throughout the pandemic, CMS has continued to indicate that the directions for coding MDS item 0100M isolation have not changed. The four criteria listed on page 0-5 in the RAI user's manual must still be followed in order to code that item. The guidance on that page 005 states the following, code for single room isolation only when all of the following conditions are met. Number one, the resident has an active infection with highly transmissible or epidemiologically significant pathogens that have been acquired by physical contact or airborne or droplet transmission. Number two, precautions are over and above standard precautions. That is, transmission-based precautions, contact, droplet, and or airborne must be in effect. Number three, the resident is in a room alone because of active infection and cannot have a roommate. This means that the resident must be in the room alone and not cohorted with a roommate, regardless of whether the roommate has a similar active infection that requires isolation. And number four, the resident must remain in his or her room. This requires that all services be brought to the residents. So for example, therapy, activities, dining, so that, again, the manual says the infection must be active. If the resident has not had a positive test for COVID-19 and or the physician has not indicated that the diagnosis is active, 
then isolation should not be marked on the MDS. After the pandemic is over and the Medicare reviewers are examining claims from the time of the emergency, is there documentation in the medical record to indicate that the virus was an active infection? Without proper documentation, the facility is at risk for claim denial and the need for inappropriate revenue to be returned to the Medicare Administrative Contractor, or the MAC. Thank you, Jane. That is some helpful information to know. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. The APACAN Conference will now be hosted as a virtual event June 3rd through 5th, and will feature the same great content and expert speakers as originally planned for with the in-person conference. All attendees will receive recordings of the full conference. This means you'll be able to hear every session and earn more than 35 continuing education credits. Registration opens in early May. Learn more today at apacan.org. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jane Belt about coding isolation versus cohorting on the MDS during the COVID-19 pandemic. Jane, let's move now to the question of cohorting, as there certainly has been a great deal of confusion about that infection control practice as well. When should cohorting be coded on the MDS? Sure, Rebecca, and that's a great question. And there has been a great deal of information coming from different resources related to cohorting of residents during the emergency. And it has caused, unfortunately, some confusion. As far as your question about should cohorting be coded on the MDS, the easy answer to that one is no. There is no item on the MDS for cohorting. So that's why we wanna go over the basics for isolation coding and now let's talk about the guidelines that we're getting from CDC that in some cases are requiring us to cohort. So we know you wanna follow the guidelines for coding the MDS accurately, according to the user's manual, but CDC is also releasing guidance and information about cohorting. The CDC on April the 13th, 2020, updated the document entitled Interim Infection Prevention and Control Recommendations for Patients with Suspected or Confirmed Coronavirus Disease 2019 in Healthcare Settings. In Section 3 of that document called Patient Placement, the following recommendations were made. For a new admission, if the diagnosis of COVID-19 is unknown, isolate the resident for 14 days in a single person room with the door closed. The resident should have a dedicated bathroom. Contact and droplet precautions would need to be initiated. And when we think about our isolation discussion, this would not be coded as isolation on the MDS since the facility doesn't know if there's a presence of an active infection. The resident's in a single room, but the very first criteria of having that active infection with highly transmissible or epidemiological significant pathogens, we don't have that. 
The next CDC recommendation is that if the resident is confirmed to have COVID-19 and the facility is not transferring them out, then the resident should be placed on a unit or designated area for COVID-19 treatment. If this is not possible, keep the resident isolated in their room with no roommate. For this scenario, now if we think about our good old MDS item 0100M, that would be coded on the MDS. They have confirmed active infection. And do remember that the look back for this item is 14 days. So any day that they might spend in that isolation, you could code the item on the MDS. Now, on the other side of the coin for residents with confirmed COVID-19, and a single room is not available in the facility, well, then the resident should be transferred, according to CDC, to a semi-private room with another resident who also has active COVID-19. Remember, if at all possible, assign specifically designated caregivers for these residents using contact and droplet precautions. This situation would not be coded as isolation on the MDS because we've got cohorting and it says we can't in the criteria. Yes, I know the circumstances in the United States with this emergency have made it very difficult to keep infected residents in a single room. And based on your situation in your community and directions from the state or local authorities, your facility might face a situation that cohorting cannot be avoided. But cohorting is not isolation according to the MDS coding instructions from CMS. There are situations where it might not be possible to distinguish patients who have COVID-19 from patients with other respiratory viruses. In accordance with CDC guidelines, if a resident has an unknown respiratory infection, the resident should be isolated in their room until a diagnosis can be made to determine the pathogen. Again, the pathogen has not been identified, so we would not be able to code that on the MDS until it would be identified and we have a physician diagnosis. In some situations, it may be necessary to house residents with different respiratory pathogens on the same unit. However, CDC says, only patients with the same respiratory pathogen may be housed in the same room. Again, if at all possible, assign specifically designated caregivers for these residents using contact and droplet precautions. Thank you, Jane. I can see how important it is for NACS to follow CMS's instructions for coding the MDS and to know how to properly code isolation in different scenarios that may come about during this time. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to offer our listeners? Well, just a couple reminders. We do realize here at APAC and that many of the nursing homes around the country are greatly impacted by the virus. 
ANAC and our parent company, APACN, are committed to providing resources that are easily accessible. For example, the APACN COVID-19 updates and essential resources for long-term post-acute care provider webpage has multiple web links to in-services, tools, videos, articles, and all the CMS and CDC resources. And those are listed by date and the specific topic. So it's a bit easier to find what you need. So visit www.apacken.org to find that resource. It really is very useful. And finally, thank you again for being heroes. Blessings to each and every one of you and your families. Thank you, Jane. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today and for all you are doing to safely care for your residents. If this podcast was informative and helpful, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools on coding the MDS, please visit our website at www.aanac.org.